Hello my kings and queens, gods and goddesses. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Deity. How are you doing? Good morning, good morning. Or good afternoon, depending on where you are in the world. Sorry if my voice sounds a little weird. I honestly just woke up. I stayed up really late, me and my aunt. Um, so, I'm tired. I know I haven't did an episode in a while. Um, I try to do one at least once every other week or something like that. But I'm going to get more consistent with the episodes. Um, I know some podcasters don't. They like do one episode a month or something like that. But I like doing these at least once a week. So, um, as I told you before, I never really have a theme in mind when I start talking. Sometimes a theme just comes to me, you know, like divine intervention. I just start talking, and then all of a sudden, what I'm talking about, which that was, you know, I start talking randomly. All my random talk starts, like, coming together to make some sort of sense. And then I have a theme (laughs) out of nowhere. So bear with me. Um, what's been going on in my life? Nothing. My life, you know, I have to say, life is honestly good, you know. And I'm typically a pessimist. So even when people ask me how I'm feeling, it always seems like I'm going through the most. And I'm not. <laughs> um, but life is good, you know. And you have to accept when life is good. I feel like sometimes we are so busy going through hell, hell after hell after hell, another struggle after another struggle, that when life is good, when God give us those rare moments, those rare times where life is still and and good and happy and joyous and beautiful, we don't know how to deal with that. You know, we don't know how to just enjoy that. Because we're so ready for the next hill that we got to climb, you know? Um, it's like, you know, when you're on a roller coaster. You know, they say life is like a roller coaster. You have ups and downs, twists and turns. And when you're on a roller coaster, you have moments where you're getting, you're going up, 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 up the hill. And you're getting more and more nervous. And you get to the top. And before you get pushed back down again, you'll sit at the top for just a couple seconds. Just a couple of seconds, you'll sit right at the top and you'll be still. Enjoy that. Enjoy that because you know, because life is a roller coaster and all roller coasters must come down. After they go up that little hill, they gotta come back down. So I'm learning to enjoy the top of that hill. It's brief most of the time. It doesn't last very long most of the time, but every now and then you get lucky, you know, and it may last longer than you thought. You may have a couple years of peace or a couple months of peace, you know, so I'm learning to enjoy that. Um, I last my last episode, I think I talked about loving yourself and having love in yourself um, above all else. And, you know, the only thing that you should be putting before yourself is God, you know. Um, I do want to talk about briefly about, uh, uh, you know, if you have children and stuff like that. Because that is, you know, I don't have any kids. So, 
It's just me. I don't have to worry about anything but me. Um, And I feel like sometimes when you're stressed out or you're angry or something's going on with you, you can take that out on people who don't deserve it. You know, I've been hearing a lot about women, different women, using their children as like bargaining chips, you know? Like, um, my, my, one of my people at my job was telling me, you know, that his homeboy, um, you know, loved his daughter or whatever, and the daughter, the, the, the baby mama, refused to let him see her for no reason other than the fact that she wanted to hurt him because he didn't want to be with her. I feel like that is the most disgusting thing you can ever do. That is disgusting. There's something wrong with you in your head and in your mind that you think that keeping the child away from somebody is going to hurt that person worse than it's going to hurt that child. You are willing to hurt that child to fill your own selfish desires. That is not a mother to me. I can understand if you don't want the child to see somebody because they are bad. Like, you know, they have hurt this kid or they have hurt that child. I remember my mother told me, when me her and my father, they didn't work out. And she told me, she said, just because he was a bad husband don't mean he's a bad father. Just because he was bad to me don't mean he's going to be bad to you. So I'm not going to stop you from interacting with your father because I was hurt. Because that's my hurt. That's my business. That's nothing to do with you. You know, as a kid, I didn't hear that. I didn't understand that, you know. Um, But I told you the last episode that seeds, those seeds. My mother was very wise for a woman of her age and she used to drop seeds all the time things that I didn't understand and I remember when I was younger she used to tell me all the time your grandmother used to say stuff all the time and it wasn't until she died that that stuff started making sense and she used to tell me watch and when I go the stuff that I'm telling you they're gonna start making sense (laughs) and I never listened to her. You know, of course, I was young, so I never listened to her. I was like, okay, whatever, ma. You talking stuff again, whatever. But she was absolutely right. That's what I was talking about my last episode, planting seeds in your children. Because sometimes you say things, and you may not think that the kid heard it. You may not think they heard it, and they may not understand what you say. But when they get older, as they grow... They'll remember those things. They'll keep those things with them. And they'll pass them on to their children. Those seeds. So. I. um, That was one of the seeds that she had planted in me. You know that. Hey just because he was a good husband. A bad husband doesn't mean he's a bad father. You know. um, It took me a while. Me and my father is in a good place now. Um, I've always loved my dad. Of course, that's my father. But it took me a while to be okay with him. To forgive him and love him for who he is, not who I want him to be. 
And I can say, honest to God, that my father is not the worst father that ever existed. Um, he was not the best, no, but he dang sure wasn't the worst. And he did the best he could with what he knew. You only you, you can only do with what you know, you know? If you don't know something, you can't do something. You can only work with, with what you know. And that's what he knew. So he did what he knew. Um, and I've learned to forgive. You know, they say forgiveness is for you, not the other person. And that is completely true. Um, so me and my father are in a good place. And we have been communicating a lot. And um, I forgive him. You know, and he asked me, you know, and that's one of the things that helped me also to forgive him. And if you have children out there or even not just children, let's say friends or anybody that you want to reconnect with that, you know, you did wrong. Call him up, talk to him and express that you know that you made a mistake. And allow them to either accept that or let it go. But if they accept, but if you tell it, at least you can say that I, I tried to give them closure. You know, I, I tried to do the right thing. Cause me and my father had a long talk and he expressed how he was young. He didn't know any better. Didn't know what he was doing. He wanted to do what he wanted to do instead of being with the family, you know, do with the fam- do stuff for the family. You know, and he, you know, he asked me, he said, I'm so sorry. I know I wasn't the best dad. Um, I tried my best. Um, I want you to forgive me, but I want you to know that I always loved you. I always loved you. I always wanted to do right by you. That conversation, not only did it help me to understand that this man is a man, you know, I feel like as children, you think of your parents as being above humanity. You think them as a being above people because they are your parents. They are your heroes. They are all your, when you were a kid, your whole world is surrounded by your parents. Wherever they go, you go. Whatever they say, you do. You know, you are attached to them. And so you think of them as being more than people. You think of them as being gods. But when you get older, you have to put all that childish stuff behind and realize that your parents are people just like you. They make mistakes just like you. They do wrong just like you. And you have to learn to forgive them. Not for the things that they, not not for them, not because they want you to forgive them, no, for you. Now, forgiveness don't mean that you have to hurt yourself. I know some people who, um, I was talking to my cousin the other day, and we was talking about someone, and um, she was saying how this person has um, never had real love. They don't know how to love because they never really been taught how to love, and they don't. They, they get scared when they when somebody they love, they get scared that that person is gonna leave them, or that person is gonna abandon them like everybody else had. And I know it's a couple people like that. Um, they become love starved and it's sad, but they become love starved. And so every relationship they get in or every um, 
person they meet, they let that show them any kindness, any love, anything. They they latch on to, like a child. And when they feel like somebody is trying to take that away from them, they react like a child. They have a tantrum. They have a problem with that. They they want to hold on because they're scared that they're gonna lose this little bit of light love that they've experienced because they haven't experienced it when they were younger. I can say my family is very loving. Yeah, we do stuff to each other. We're not, we're not perfect now. But I can say that we know how we, when, when stuff is going wrong, we can support each other, you know? I can say that even I don't get along with my, all my aunts, I've had a conversation with all of them at one point in my life, you know, asking me, am I okay? How you doing? You know, stuff like that, you know? Um, I've had all of them reach out to me at least once in my life you know and it wasn't always a good reach out of course but at least they took the effort to do it and I appreciate that and I appreciated it then I appreciate it now um and that's another thing if you know you've done something or you've been lacking in a certain way you know it's nothing I don't feel like it's any problem with saying that I made a mistake I could have been better to you. I could have done better by you. Please forgive me. I apologize. You may think that apology is nothing. That that doesn't go anywhere. But it goes far. You know? And it helps you to realize. It helps the people that you wrong. To realize that you are only human. We are all only human. We make mistakes every day. Okay, every day we make mistakes, hoping that at least one part of the day we'll get it right. <laughs> at least one minute out of the day we'll get something right. And sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. <laughs> and the beauty about being alive is you get to wake up. If God is willing, you get to wake up the next day and try it all over again. Different steps. Different motivations. Hopefully to get a different outcome, a better outcome than you did yesterday. You know, um, I try to remind myself that, you know, I always I was talking to somebody and they was talking about people, a lot of people committing suicide nowadays. And I was like, yeah, I wouldn't, I don't think I would ever do that because if you kill yourself, if, if you, if you die, you can't make it up again. Whatever you got wrong that day, you can't make it better the next day. You're gone. You can't try again. You know, I, I I wrote another episode saying that I'm a fighter. I'm not a fighter when it comes, I'm not a physical fighter, not anymore at least. But I am a fighter of life. Um, I keep going. Even when I feel like, oh, this is, ugh, man, I don't want to keep going. Even when I feel like I want to I wanna just give it all up and want God to just take me home. I keep going. I get up every morning, even when I don't want to, I get up. And I keep going, no matter what. I don't let nobody stop me. I may stumble. I may trip. I may even fall for a second. But I will always get back up. I will always keep going. Always get back up. And, you know, my mother told me that. She told me that all the time. You you can stumble. You can trip. You may even fall a little bit. But never just lie on the ground. Always get back up. I don't care how bad it hurts. Always get back up. You got to always get back up. 
So I just want to say that to all my people out there, no matter what you're going through, no matter how low you think you are, life is a miracle in itself. It's a miracle because you can have a hundred million thousand bad moments and all it takes is one to change your life. One to put you in a place that you always wanted to be. One to bring you happiness and joy. Remember that. All those bad moments that you've had, eventually you'll get to a place where you'll get your good moments. And I know people hate that. I hate that too. I hate hearing that. Why I got to go through all this to get to my good moments? Life is a work in progress. It's a work in progress. Unfortunately, you got to go through pain and suffering sometimes to get to the glory and the beauty of it. That's just how it is. I don't know how, why God, the creator, made it that way. But the creator made it that way. I, I You know, I suspect for a reason. Because if everything is handed to you, you never learn. If you never had pain, how will you know peace? If you never had suffering, how will you know happiness? You know what I'm saying? So, yes, in life you got to go through a little pain. But you learn something. If you're a smart person, if you're a person that takes your life uh, and you con- uh, and you look at it and you dissect it, you realize that in every struggle, you learn something. And hopefully, those same things that you did to get that struggle, you won't do it again. You know? Because you learn from suffering. You know, nobody ever learned anything from everything always being handed to them and everything always being great and everything always being amazing. No, you you, you know nothing. You become stunted. You know, you have those people who... Uh, had everything handed to them their whole life. A lot of them people can't even pay a bill on their own. They don't know how. I remember I met this boy when I was in high school, and he had been homeschooled his whole life. And he came to school, and the boy struggled. He was smart, book smart. Yes, he was very book smart. The, the, all the homework and the tests and the quizzes and all that he could do. But... Talking to a teacher, he had trouble too. Talking to a friend, a person, he had trouble with that. Getting to the lunchroom, he had trouble with that. He, The boy had so much trouble. Every day, he was just so stressed out. Every day. I understand why some parents homeschool their kids when they're young. But I think when they get a little older, you should at least roll them into school at least once every other Maybe you enroll them, like you'll enroll them into fifth grade, but you won't enroll them in sixth grade. And then you'll enroll them in eighth grade, but you won't enroll them in tenth grade. Like that. Maybe you should do it like that. Like stagger it. Like, oh, well, I'll put them in, they'll be in, I'll, uh, when they're really little, you know, I'll put them in school one year. And in one year, I'll homeschool. Because I feel like that is better. Because I know some people say, well, they have after school programs and stuff. But I feel like that's different because after school programs, you're doing something, you know, they got, they're doing ballet, they're doing something. So they're not really, you are interacting with other kids, but it's not as much as when they're in school, when they're in school, because he, 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 his parents did not keep him anywhere. Like he did after school, um, after programs, he had, um, if I believe he had, uh, 
programs in the neighborhood that he went to. He had uh, some, I can't remember, I think some chess thing that he went to at the school for um, that his parents had signed him up for. He had things that he his parents had signed him up for that he had did when he was younger, you know, to get him around people, but it was different. Doing those things, you're in a small group of people. When you go to school, you're in a, a huge group of people. And you have so many different personalities and way people think. If you put them on Little League, how many kids is on Little League? Maybe 10, I guess, or whatever. That means they only got like 10 kids that they're interacting with on a daily basis. That's not enough kids for them to really learn communication and how to deal with people and how to tolerate people that maybe don't have the same ideals. You don't hate the word tolerate. No. Accept people who maybe don't have the same ideals and wishes and, and family dynamic that they do. Because this boy, I, I was like his only friend, and he struggled really bad. And I used to help him get to class. Because he would get so anxious and nervous with all the people. And he tried to make friends, but he didn't know how to talk to people. And he didn't understand. I remember we was in um, history. And my history teacher also taught religion. Not the kind of religion that you're thinking about. It was like history of religion. Um, and he was a, he was from England. He was a really good teacher. And we would have, you know, conversations about stuff. He would ask us about our cultures our um, family dynamics and we would talk about real stuff in school in high school we would talk about um, you know I remember he asked he said if your parent if you brought home a person that wasn't of your ethnicity or race would your parents accept that he asked all of us that question and we had to write up like a paper about it and we had to discuss it amongst each other and it was a lot of students who was like um, black and white who were like no they would not and I had told him, I said, yeah, my mama and them would accept it, but it would be a little weird because we don't got no white people in our real family. I said, we got my cousin. She had white, so they would accept it. I said, but my mama would be like, you know, it's weird. <laughs> I said, especially my stepdad, he would be like, <laughs> I said, my stepdad, he would accept it. He just want me to be with somebody that's going to take care of me and, you know, love me or whatever. I said, and he, you know, he he would accept it or whatever, but it would be hard because my family is very black oriented. So whoever he is, he would have to understand that there's going to be some discussions about black people and white people and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Hop in the discussion. Tell your point of view. But <laughs> I was like, but, uh, but yeah, my family, you know, we may look like we, you know, we coons or whatever, but we not. I said, we, we have discussions. And um, I remember that when we were talking about that. Anyway, I don't want to make this too long because it's getting long already. So I just wanted to say to you guys, enjoy your happiness. The little moments that you find joy, enjoy it. You know, Um, remember it. Hold on to it as long as you can. Um, I just want to say, if nobody told you they love you today, I love you. I love you in all your shapes and forms. And I wish you nothing but the best of happiness in life. And I hope that your happiness, though, is not contingent on somebody else's happiness. And that your happiness isn't going to impede on somebody else's happiness. Um, Have a lovely life. See you later.